Hello and welcome to It's All in Your Head. My name is Eli Henry. I'm your host. Before we get started today, if you or anyone you know or love is going through a tough time, finding it hard to go on, need someone to talk to, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. They also have an online uh, chat site and a website with a lot of great tips and techniques. So if ever you need to talk about anything, anything at all, I highly recommend checking it out and uh, not being afraid. It's okay. This is episode four uh, of the podcast. This is a different episode. As I said at the end of last week, this is uh, the first of a few slightly different episodes. My guest today is Carly Campbell. Carly's a friend of mine. She works in wardrobe, uh, in the wardrobe department on films and TV. And uh, she's got bipolar disorder. And now, as I said last week, you know, this podcast is about the arts, and we talk about how mental health impacts the arts, but it's also about the entertainment industry, and it's also about working in that field and what it's like to uh, exist in that world with mental health issues. And, uh, you know, when I first started to kind of come up with the idea for this podcast, when I first put out um, my feelers on Facebook to see if anybody would be even be interested in it. Carly was one of the first people to jump on it. You know, she actually came up to me at, um, I can't actually remember where she just came up and she's like, you know, Hey, I, I saw you posted this thing and, uh, I'd really be interested in, in, in listening to it, being a part of it, whatever. Like she, she, she's been so positive just about listening to it. And, and, uh, um, I just had to get her on because, you know, what we're talking about today is what it's like to work in the entertainment industry with a mental health issue because you know working on a set is such a very different environment than I feel like most people are used to or, or could even conceive you know the average person they don't it's, it's kind of romanticized what it is to work on a set but it, it's a job and it's a hard job and it's got its own set of rules and etiquette and really behaviors it, 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 there's certain things which are acceptable in some places that are not acceptable in others. And uh, let me tell you, set life is a whole different beast. So, you know, that when you're mentally healthy, more or less, is its own thing. But when you've got something uh, uh, like a mental health issue, uh, let alone bipolar necessarily, it, it changes it. It's, it's a very interesting um, fight or flight type of world. We talk about that a lot. And Carly is a strong smart person who, you know, she really doesn't take any shit. You know what I mean? She goes at it uh, uh, full force, and she has a really great way of talking about it. And I think it, it, for those of you listening, you know, I've said that every episode is uh, maybe not necessarily for everybody. Some people will relate to some, some won't relate to others. But this is definitely an episode for those of you that are curious about what it's like to work um, in that field. And I think this is really a good way for you to learn uh, how some people deal with it and how some people don't, and just what that world is like. So I'm excited to share it with you. I'm really excited to see what you think of it, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really, really grateful to Carly for uh, being a part of it. So without further ado, here it is. It's all in your head. Yeah. 
Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Great. Great? Well, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. That's, the, to date, the shortest answer I've had to that question, so way to go. <laughs> uh, so let's get right into uh, mental health stuff. Uh, so what do you have? Um, I was diagnosed with manic depressive disorder when I was 12 years old and was treated for that uh, until I was about 16 or 17 and have gone in and out of therapy probably like randomly off and on like every three years. Okay. Yeah. And you said you diagnosed uh, fairly young and I remember in previous conversations you said that you see there's a difference between manic depressive and bipolar. Well, I, I, I think it's, I feel like when I was diagnosed, bipolar was not even on the table, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was not, it was still such a new disorder, um, kind of being studied. So it was kind of, I, I feel like it's almost one in the same. Yeah. Well, it is uh, by definition, but yeah. yeah, but it's, but it was, but it's, it's weird. Cause like a doctor has never said to me like, Oh, you have bipolar. But they did say manic de- right, yeah. right, right. But it's like, Oh, because that was not there. Uh, so, and let's talk about what you do. So you are, I do costuming. Costuming. Yeah. yeah. You're in wardrobe design. Yeah. How'd you get into that? Um, through, uh, theater in high school, um, basically, you know, I was a performer, um, and then really got into backstage stuff and worked for an opera company that, you know, you just signed up to intern and they randomly put you in an apartment and I was in wardrobe and I got really into it. Nice. Cause yeah. And when did you make the transition into doing that more for like film and, and TV stuff? Um, in my, in like my mid twenties, like I hadn't, I hadn't really like been in the scene for a few years and my a designer I had worked with in opera um she had come out here and started doing film and decided she wanted to like bring me along and that's pretty much like everything I've worked on. Did you uh did you notice a a, a big difference working in the theater world to working in the film world? Yeah. 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 Um you can be a lot crazier in theater really yeah absolutely um I feel like you know there's always obviously there's always got to be a level of professionalism but mm-hmm. I've just seen much crazier stuff go what down. do you mean by crazier um I think just like everyone's sort of everyone's emotions are running super high because there's a lot of adrenaline there's a lot more pressure you know it's it's it, it's the difference between being on that and being on a set where it's like, okay, we got to do this take again and again and again and again because and be quiet someone didn't do it right. Head. Something's going sure. on. Whereas like theater, it's like, well, it happens. Yeah. Whatever's happening is happening. Yeah. yeah. It's that live atmosphere. I guess I never really considered that that um, would uh, transfer over to the, everyone working on the crew as well, you know, beyond yeah. just the actors on well, stage. And also that it's live like, nature. And also it's like everyone's, seriously running on fumes because you know you're you have that you know you're doing that show and that's the five hours of your day and then it's done and then you go party because you yeah. it's done right, but then you exactly. gotta go and do it tomorrow for a matinee you, but know? you don't like, have, yeah, exactly but it's not like you have to show up at 6 a.m for call time for a, right 
and you're not doing something different, so you got to prepare new costumes and new outfits for different scenes. No, but I did work. Uh, one of the companies I worked, opera companies I worked for, it was it was basically like boot camp where it was a revolving cast, mm-hmm. but it was like super limited budget. So like we had to make like the same dress fit like five different oh, wow. singers. And was that? But would that change nightly? Uh, that would change weekly. Weekly, yeah. yeah. So I'm curious. You know, obviously with that is a big shift and I, I want to talk about, you know, the uh, experience of working on a set. Cause you know, for people listening to the podcast, I think it's a big thing of, there are people that want to get into this industry and don't exactly know how it works and uh, might be curious, but I, I am wondering how you think, you know, your bipolar may have affected how it manifested differently working in theater versus working in film and how that transition worked. And if you think it affected it at all. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely think it affected. I, I mean, my, Basically, my career um, thus far has basically been working with uh, one designer. Okay. Like, that's basically been all my major projects on my resume. And uh, and I started working with her when I was, like, 16. Right. So... So she's seen you She's that. seen a lot. And I've seen a lot, you know. And I think our relationship has gotten to a point on set where it's uncomfortable for everyone except you but it's never going to change oh it's most uncomfortable (laughs) for me because i have to sit because she's the boss so i just have to sit and i think there's definitely times where like in my brain i'm like she's trying to manipulate me to freak out so she can like teach me a lesson like how not to act you've worked together this long i mean uh don't you have an understanding, mm-hmm. the two of you? I mean, well, there's a reason we love you each other to, like family, right? Like, and well, family drives each other crazy. Yeah, it's just kind of what family does. And we work really well together. I mean, like we get the job done, but there's just like certain. I think there's just there's a lot of you know there's just like a lot of history and a lot of stuff and and there's definitely been points where it's like I don't you know. <laughs> The last place you want to do is cry at work. The last thing you want to do is cry at work when you're on a film set in front of famous people. Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) And and that's definitely probably my number one, like, tick is is just to automatically start crying when I'm the least bit stressed or Mm -hmm. upset or excited or, you know, just... Yeah, anything, just tears. Just anything. Sure. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, I'm feeling feels. Yeah, fe- feels and they're coming knows. out the face. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, I'm feeling all the feels through my eyeballs. So, you know, her seeing you since you're 16 and, and working together on that kind of thing. I mean, she obviously knows your condition and and, and mm-hmm. talked about it. Uh, has it been helpful working with her? Throughout all that, like in the sense that having that consistent relationship, a consistent person to be there throughout that? uh... I think yes and no. I mean, I think at the end of the day is like everyone, every single person on that set has their own shit going on. Everyone, yeah. So it's almost better to go in, like, just like, you know, leave, you know, it's like, even like what I, you know, you do like working in a bar or restaurants, like you just leave your shit at the door. Yeah. Like both in and out it done. because it's like, you just do the, do the job and, and. Is it hard know. for you to put your shit at the door sometimes? Yeah. I think. Yeah. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I get wrapped up in like, 
I get really wrapped up in in trivial stuff that like mm-hmm. I think most people are very easy to just be like whatever or or maybe don't necessarily like deal with because they're they're not an abrasive person like I am <laughs> so right and, and that's the thing is uh, people that don't work on sets and don't understand the, the way sets work is it's very different than other places like yeah, I think working at a bar is a good example of a place where you got to leave your shit at the door and you got to get the job done and you can't fuck around but but you also set, can fuck around exactly but set is different because it's like it's 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 very much everyone's a cog in a machine yeah and if you don't get your thing done that's going to cause somebody else's job to get fucked up and it just like it spirals out of control if it's not uh, dealt with properly but it, it is very specific in that when a job has to get done it has to get done right now. I don't care what your reason for it. Not you know, like it's very. If it's not your boss, it's her boss. If it's not her boss, it's their boss. You know what I mean? It's just, it's this constant thing where everyone's dependent. I remember when I was in film school, I was uh, I produced a few short films, and being a producer is one of the weirdest jobs because it's kind of like you are responsible for everything getting done, but really all you can do is tell someone to do it, and they'll tell the person that has. You know, it's it's that whole thing of, it's. You know, it, it's a machine. It, oh, everyone's yeah. a gear. If one thing stops working, the whole thing stops working. And that's why, I, you know, I'm curious to know about, you know, if you've had any episodes or anything like, you know, on set. Have I ever freaked out on set? Or do you have anything that's like, you know, been troubling? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've definitely been like screamed to get, to get the fuck off set because mm-hmm. um, we were trying to get a shot off. But Basically, it was just like communication breakdown and sound needed me because they had to readjust a mic. And I'm dealing with, you know, somebody in full tactical army gear. So I have to like go underneath the vest, go underneath the jacket, like make sure everything gets put up together. And we're trying to knock that off, you know, in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that timer goes off. And and that was an interesting moment because that the AD knew what was going on. But I guess the director didn't, so he's in Video Village just like, what the hell is, why is, what's happening down there? And, like, nobody just was like, oh, they have to change yeah, a mic back, exactly. you know, so, um, so that was fun, and that, and that, the, the person who screamed at me to get the fuck off the side is the designer who I worked with. Oh, and really? it's because she was in Video Village. Getting, getting shit Not on even, I don't think she was getting shit, I think she just, like, the director is a friend of both of ours and he was just like what the fuck is going on right, right. and she took it upon herself to do that and uh and so i walked off set and then the ad had to request me back on because right of course the shit wasn't right things still need to have things done. and exactly. i and this was when i started using like a really great trick that i think is beneficial for anyone going into this business is when you're having a conversation with someone that you know is going to be hated, just put your hand over your mouth so no one can like see what you're saying. <laughs> Basically just start talking to them. Right. Hand over and mouth. say exactly what you need to say, but no one's seeing it and only one person can really hear you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's also a, a useful tactic for anybody uh, trying to, be in covert ops. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing is, I will say that that, that story just reminds me of uh, 
I mean, so many experiences on set. But I, I think it, there is almost a cathartic nature to set because there's no room for feelings in the sense that no one's trying to be like, hey, could you move? It's always like, get out of here, move. We need to do it now. It's, yeah. it's, so it's almost like... I points, think, points. Uh, yeah, points, exactly. <laughs> Having anxiety, though, is is like this fear of the unknown and fear of like, oh, what are they thinking? And I think there's... I mean, look, I've got bad anxiety. I've, you know, a lot of people I've talked to do. And there's always a way to find yeah. within some message what's the unsaid thing but when you're on set and someone's like get the fuck out of the way it's like it's, you're not gonna be like oh is he mad at me yeah you're like i have to get out of here <laughs> you know and afterwards you'd be like okay was that more than just a but it's not it's just it's a set thing so yeah. I, I imagine that must be almost helpful um I, yeah i for, think for someone with bipolar can for someone with anxiety because <laughs> it's like well at least i know what's going on well i can you know wrap my mind on almost anything and turn it into an issue. Sure. So, so, so yeah, no, but it is, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, you do just have to remind yourself and just be like, oh, okay. Like this isn't personal. But at least like, it checks this off is, This isn't boxes, personal. Right? This is just like a million dollars right, at stake, exactly. you know? And, but I mean, it, and I guess it, it does check off some boxes though, like, which I think is helpful. Like I'd rather someone say, get the fuck out of the way than get a vague text, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean? Cause a vague text could be anything, but get the fuck out of the way. It's like, okay, well there's anger. Got that. That's checked off. Um, that's my favorite too. When you're on set, why are you answering my text? Cause I'm on set. Cause I'm on set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause I'm working. Do you think that, um, it's more difficult to maintain work relationships for you? No, I think, um, or is it easier to maintain work relationships than other relationships? I think, I think my, the people I meet on set actually turn into like real, really like, you know, right. like, and I think I'm more successful with that than like having like work relationships where like, oh, my buddy's working on this and he's going to pull me into this. It's more like, oh, like we're both worked on this or like we both are in the industry and, and now we're just great friends. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I think because, well, that could be a loaded question. Um, no, I, uh, I don't know, probably because I'm, fantastic individual but uh <laughs> but right you know okay, to be friends that, with yeah. no but i mean like it's you know it's it's easier to work or it's easier to be friends with a crazy girl than work with a crazy girl and not necessarily that i ever do you know it's i know where my shortcomings are as far as like managing my anger and stress load on set and it definitely comes in the form of like just saying Things with an attitude, you know? Well, here's a question, I guess I'll rephrase. I mean, so you, you work in a bar as well, mm-hmm. and you also work on set. Do you think that, it, it, you know, that manifests itself differently in those two environments, the way you behave when you're stressed out? Because it, it, it's different to let out aggression on set than let it out at, like, a customer at a restaurant or a bar, right? Yeah. And, well, it's also, I mean, it's very much, you know... It goes into, well, it goes into like kind of this like formula of like, what is what is going to be, you know, my uh, consequence if I do mouth off to you as an individual? Mm-hmm. Are you, 
are you the executive producer? Are you the designer, like head of my department? Are you one of the PAs? You know, like, right. and that kind of is what it goes are, into. If you're a PA, are you working nephew? in the bar? Is yeah. like, is like, is like, are you a bar or tender or bar back when I actually need you to do shit for me? Or are you another waitress who's just gonna get in my way or like do something stupid that I have to like pick up the slack for? Right. You know. Or are you a customer who's on Yelp? Or are you, yeah, are you a customer that's going to tip me well? No. The answer is always no. Yes. I think I tip fairly well. Uh, <laughs> You're not? Eh, sometimes. Um, when I have money, I just get stupid with it. Because uh, why have money for any longer than is humanly possible? And then it's, I have yeah. problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to go back to just talking about therapy and stuff. So you said you were in and out of therapy every, every few years, you yeah. say. And uh, when you were a teenager, when you were diagnosed, how long were you in therapy at that point? Um, I and been what in... prompted you to go see somebody in the first place? Um, okay, so my brother had been seeking, uh, seeing a social worker, and uh, or, or maybe it was a therapist, but basically in the same office there was a social worker that this woman that uh, he recommended to my parents for me to go see after. I think we had like a family session uh-huh. and he was like, and my brother's eight years older than me. So this was when he was in high school and, uh, I was in grade school and, um, and yeah, we had a family session and I, I can only imagine the conversation <laughs> was like that kid needs to, you like, she needs to go talk to somebody uh-huh. and not you guys. That's funny. Um, so yeah, so I saw her and then she, um, she basically, after a year of seeing her, was said had a conversation with me and my parents, which I thought was pretty cool. Like just being like, I think Carly suffers from depression and obviously has these outbursts. <laughs> um, and so yeah, then I got you know went to a psychiatrist, got diagnosed, got put on. I think like Prozac was the soup du jour like right. <laughs> that time. And like, um, Buse Bar, which was before Xanax, it's like, it was a good one. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was. So, but was that like a, was that like Xanax and that it's like a. And anxiety. A, 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 but yeah, but like just a, uh, a, a quick fix, like yeah. a, in the moment of an attack. So mm-hmm. you weren't on any like. Yeah, yeah, it said on the bottle, like take as needed. Right, right, right. Whereas like, you know, like all the other, um, mood stabilizers, like you have to take every day yeah. at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so uh, you've been on a lot of different meds. I was, um, I was, I was probably, probably in total like seven different medications between the age of like twelve and sixteen. Um, I was on lithium for, for a minute. And I, that I heard was, that lithium is a good one for bipolar. Is it better for bipolar too? It is, but it, but it's it's good in the sense that it, you're just completely leveled out to just base. You know, there is, there's, you don't, it doesn't give you the capacity to have any emotional really? scale. At least that's my. Right. I mean, it, it is always personal, different. People yeah. Different but I, yeah. I was definitely like, oh, that's the zombie drug. Like, right. right. you know, I was faded. And, uh, and that was one of the last ones that like, then I switched, I think to like Wellbutrin or something like mm. that, which. I'm on Wellbutrin, which is. Yeah. It's been pretty good. Um. Which made me want to smoke more. Weird, because yeah, no, I heard that well, it's helps supposed, yeah, stop. and 
yeah, I think I was like, wow. But um, but yeah, I stopped. I mean, hey, ever like sometimes there are things called paradoxical effects, which is the funniest term because I hear paradoxical effects. I'm like, oh, what? There's going to be another me, but uh, and we're going to meet, and then the the uh, space time continuum. But yeah, there's sometimes drugs will just do the exact opposite thing, and that's just like, well, that's just it. But you can never know until you you know try it uh, with the guidance, obviously, of a good doctor. But so. You stopped taking meds. I know you're not on meds no. currently. What, when did you stop and, and why? I stopped in high school for two main reasons. Um, I Three, actually. I went to a boarding school. Mm-hmm. So unlike, you know, I think other kids growing up in school, like I didn't go see my therapist after school on like Tuesdays, you know, right. or I had to go – basically during the day and I would either like miss a free period, you know, it was just like, it, it was just, I didn't want to go to therapy anymore because none of my friends were going and it was interfering with like other things I wanted to do. Well, it was like, yeah, it was just like high school kid logic. Yeah. Why go to the doctor? Yeah. Yeah. And then also I, um, I wanted to stop because I, I, you know, I started getting really curious about long-term effects because I very much saw a jump in those years where I felt like when I was first diagnosed, yes, I was diagnosed young, but also I was diagnosed at a time where it wasn't typical for kids to be on anything. It was literally, I think like six of us in a class of like 300 that were on something, but it could have been, you know, like Ritalin or just some sort of like medication for your brain. And and then I went to a high school where in total there was a hundred kids and like 35 of us were all meeting up at the infir- in- infirmary. Infirmary. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and so that, that caused you to think like you should stop it? Well, I was just, I was just curious and like, there hasn't been, there hasn't been the studies yet like long-term effects on what this is doing for on kids yeah. for on kids. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're messing with someone going through adolescence. Like that your, is a, your body's a going through period, yeah. a crazy amount of changes, you know, biologically as is. And then the chemicals in your brain just to like start to start fucking with that. So early, you know, it's like there there's, yeah, there's no study so, to see that effect. So how old were you when you, when you stopped taking meds? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. And then you said that you saw somebody when you were eighteen. I continued seeing. I I did continue therapy, but like sporadically. Okay. Um. It wasn't. I stopped going like once a week and started doing like once a month. And right. it was more just. I think it was actually like part of like my contract with going to that school. Like. Mm. <laughs> and when did you stop altogether when you graduated? Yeah. I. St- I. Yeah. I. Um. Pretty much. And then I saw a woman, like, in my, like, early, like, I don't know, like, 20 to 21 for a few months. And then, I don't know, I just, like... What prompted that? Oh, probably because some boy didn't like me or something. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's usually the reason I go back. Oh, nice. Well, whatever gets you in there. Uh, So... 
now you, you've got you know bipolar, which comes with the manic episodes and all that. I mean, it yeah. depends on the, the type. But do you have manic episodes? Like, have there ever been moments where you were certified manic? I think oh, like where people were ready to like bring me in. Like, well, no, call I mean, like you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people that have you know different kinds of manic episodes and they they manifest different ways, like. Uh, uh, I think now mine just turn into like panic attacks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, but there aren't like month long periods where you're thinking you can change the world and having any of that kind of, no, not for a month. (laughs) No, No, there's no, I definitely have my high, like, yeah, I definitely notice like certain weeks, like, Will you, you know, and it's not like it, like that's the thing is like there's no rhyme or reason yeah. to when this is going to happen or how long it'll happen. Um, but I think it basically now is like when, when I f- I, I'm able to recognize what's happening and like maybe not necessarily in the moment, but very soon after, like be like, okay, like cool out, you know. And, and like, when you're in those moments, is there some part of you that's like, oh boy. Like if this is happening, um, or, yeah, um, and there's just no, and there's no way to stop. There's it literally, yeah, there literally is the moment in my brain where y- you literally just watch the freight train go by. Does that ever and... happen at work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On set, like any. Uh... I mean, yeah, for sure. But I mean, on sets, different. It's like you know, it's just. I guess it's like cathartic, like you said that, like you don't. You, you shouldn't be taking things personally, but it's also like you, you can't allow yourself to, to get to a certain place, you know? And mm-hmm. if you are at a certain place, you just have to find a fucking reason to leave It's almost set. like a fight or flight mode. It literally is. And there have been times where like, I've been like, you know, called another set customer over walkies, you know, go to four, like, I need you to relieve me. And I'll just like find something to do in the office for like right, three right, hours right, right, because right. I just, and not necessarily because something's happening because, you know, I've, I've been on set where like, where I've gotten the text, like I'm leaving you and moving out and I'm Ooh. like, awesome. And I got to fix this. Yeah. Rolling like B camera right now, like oh, with the skeleton God. crew, like what am I supposed to do? And, uh, and you just do it and then deal with it later. And then when you can deal with it, you know, it's like you go into the trailer and fucking die and like, it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing how how because uh, you know you, you meet a lot of people on set and everyone's got a little bit of something I think uh, especially on set but it's amazing how that is the common trait of if you're working in the film industry uh, and something goes down you kind of be like well I gotta keep moving yeah because if I don't the truck's gonna stop I literally you know? the things I've heard like <laughs> just like things like that where it's like it's like uh like. It's never convenient for someone to die. Like, you know, like, right. like, cause like, like some producer has to like go to a funeral or like of a, like their beloved grandparent, you know? And, it's and insane. that's like what comes out of their mouth and you're just like, okay. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So you're looking to just some backstory for people listening. You know, we've talked about this. Yeah. Most of the guests I have on, we talk about this stuff a little bit before the show, but uh, you're now looking to go back to therapy. Yeah. And I, you're, you found a therapist. Yeah. Uh, what prompted that now? 
I think a lot of things, but uh, I definitely a few months ago had was having a episode and was literally calling like every member of my family and like no one was picking up until I got my father who I love, but he's the worst person to call like when you're at all emotional sure, for sure, any sure. reason, you right, know, right. like he loves the Yankees. He doesn't even get psyched when they win. Like, he just doesn't, <laughs> he's just so blase about everything. So I'm calling him and I'm just like, I'm, I was like freaking out about like another family issue or whatever. And, um, I think because he's not the one that usually deals with that type of conversation, it's usually my mother or, you know, a, close friend um he i think got concerned and basically my family was like i think this is time to go back so you're saying i mean he's not the best person to talk to an emotional thing but it sounds like it was actually very helpful oh i i mean like he was just very you know he was just he was like he was like you know like this sounds like a problem go try and fix it so has your family always been it sounds like they've always been fairly open about these things discussing mental health within the family no really um because no. what got your brother to go see somebody in the first place? Um, Is it his call? No, I mean, I honestly, it, I was, I was kept in a, the dark about his issues a lot. Um, so I, I think it was like he would started using drugs, or he was just acting out in school, or you know, just so school. A little, you know, he's just a little edgier than Zach Morris, and. Um, <laughs> Just a touch. And, uh, and you know, but uh, but my parents, I think, were very much wanted to guard me and, you know, it was just like, she's too young to but you, deal you with. But you talk about social work and, and group family therapy. Uh, whose decision was it to, to do all that? I'm probably one of my parents, probably my mom or my dad. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I still, to this day would never want to have a family session. And I think I got away yeah. with only having like two of my Yeah, that own. sounds like a bit of a nightmare. It is the worst. And I mean, then I'm when sure you're doing some people group it's therapy and it's family day, like that is a fucking shit show. Oh boy, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, therapy is something that's intensely personal. And bringing in like family dynamics, unless there's some really bad things going on. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I can't. I've never had it. I can't speak. My family. I think we're all nuts, but we're we all kind of figure it out together. But yeah. you know, my uh, yeah, it, it's. it's I mean, we're Jews, so family therapy is just dinner. We're yelling at each other anyway. We got it. You know, there's no, nothing hidden going on. But so over time, though, did your family become more? It sounds like your dad got more comfortable with talking about you need to go see somebody. I think. Well, I think for him, it's very much like like I said, a fix to a problem. And, um, you know, cause he'll still be like, you know, if I'm like, oh yeah, I'm depressed. I don't, you know, really feel like going and doing anything. He's just like, go get some exercise. I'm like, go yeah. fuck yourself. I know. I, like, I, I hear that all the time. I mean, the thing is what sucks about go get some exercise is, yeah, it's true. That helps. But like, it's about getting out of bed. That's yeah. the issue is like, yeah. yeah, there's all sorts of things I would do if I could get out of bed. Yeah. If, if I just didn't. And that's if I saw and the point, thing now yeah. is like, especially with like, you know, all of our stupid smartphones is like, I have no reason to get out of bed yeah. until I have I'm to go make money. I'm just waiting for money. the iPhone to have a toilet <laughs> and then I'm 
dead. Then I'm gonna die. Like that's that's just what I'm gonna I'm gonna just turn into like Bart Simpson with the rag on the stick. Um. So, but what other reasons? Like, what 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 besides that uh, has convinced you to go see a therapist? It's just it's. Did you have a moment? Were you? Because I feel like it's always motivated by yourself. Like other people can say, you yeah. Do this. I I mean, okay. So yeah, it's like I I just I just turned thirty, and I just was like, I don't want, I don't want to repeat the last decade of like having these, you know, just being kind of without a net, helpless. Yeah, yeah, like where it's just like if I if I fuck up, I'm fucking up, and I'm on my own. And now it's, I think it's just my, maybe like, hey, like let's try not and fuck up, and like maybe someone telling you not to do that every week who isn't your friend, like yeah, you know, that's that's really smart. That's a good call. Yeah, that's the thing about therapy that's really great. Because I, I, I tell everyone to see a therapist. Like, <laughs> like, and it's not, and I always have to say, it's not in like a, you need to see a therapist <laughs> kind of way. I think it's just immensely helpful and healthy to have a, a third party. Yeah. Who just doesn't know. Who, yeah. Who just, who, who knows you and, yeah. and listens to you and is an expert in these things, but doesn't know the people you talk. Because if you talk to a friend you know, who know about another friend, about your issue with them, they know both parties and they've got their own opinions and they've got their own agendas. This is a person that's just there to say, that's right, that's right, that's wrong, don't do that. That's fine, you know, it's yeah. okay. How does that it's make like, you feel? It's basically having like a line producer for your life, <laughs> you know, to True. bring it all back down where it's just like, you can't afford to do this. Like you, you know, it's yeah. just, you can't, you, you can't act this way. And, and you know, and and the best is like, you're right. Like when you're talking to a mutual friend, yeah, they have their own opinions and they they want to be unbiased. But like everyone wants to play fucking Switzerland. But come on, dude, I've yeah. heard you say that shit about him, and you know what I'm exactly, talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's it's good to have the person who can just be like, "Are you sure you're not making this up in your own head? Because yeah, you're the one here like talking it. about it. Like, what are they doing? Are they talking yeah. about you? And, like, and it's nice because on your end, and this is what I always. You know, obviously, you got to shop for therapists. If you don't find somebody that fits, you can always look around and find somebody else. This is me. T- this is me talking to people listening. Obviously, so Carla just gave me a look like, "Who the fuck are you talking to?" Uh, <laughs> no, so yeah, you know, you can always shop around and look around. But but it is one of those things where uh, I, I know people that go in kind of with an unfair perspective on therapists, and they don't like that they're being told these things. And it's like, well, no, 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 that's why you're there. If they're if there's other problems and they're doing it in a way that is not working for you but you know yeah find another person but don't you don't want to find a therapist that's just saying what you want to hear because then that's not good therapy right you know you want someone that is going to be because you got to recognize they don't have anything invested in this beyond doing their job yeah you know they're not sitting there going i hope you like me and their job (laughs) i'm I'm hoping you're doing all right you're healthy uh well that's great And, and when are you meeting with this this therapist uh i think monday is the first appointment great yeah Right. How'd you find her? Fucking Obamacare, Woo! baby. Yeah. It's <laughs> on its way. You know, I'm, you know, it, it, it's this, this healthcare system is crazy to me. I'm Canadian. So, I mean, I'm still, and, and Canadian mental health is its own different thing, but it is interesting to just see how it all manifests. But the fact that now it can be covered yeah. is great because for a while, I, I, am I correct in saying for a while out here, it was not covered unless you paid ex- significantly unless extra? you had like your own personal health insurance that you but you would still have to pay a copay right you know right, right. on top of whatever they were going to cover which was not even half do you think that um set relationships are more personal than other working relationships mm, no 
I mean, they can become. I mean, I've just like in I've terms met of a lot the way you work with people. I yeah, I've, I know a lot of like couples that have come out of like working on a gig and you know just being in different departments, but like working together well. And um, but I, I think I think working in a restaurant, you get way more, you get faster sooner because. Right. Um, you know, if you're working on a feature, you have like a couple months of pre-pro where it's like pretty easy breezy and you're just in your own department and, you know, talking to the producers and that's pretty much it. And actors, if, you know, it calls for it. But yeah, but, um, but then like you're in a restaurant it's like, okay, like it's your first night and it's busy. So do your fucking job and we'll be friends. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I, I, there, there are a lot of similarities there. I mean, I know there's a lot of jokes about actors, in, you know, working in in uh, in restaurants and and people in the entertainment industry being waiters and things. But there are a lot of similarities there when you think about just yeah. the idea of like that fight or flight mode of you got to do what you got to do. Because I feel like in an office environment, it's a little easier to be a little detached. Well, they have meetings, like <laughs> right? <laughs> they have. They have conference calls and like, and not to say that like that doesn't happen. In, well, in, in our industry, happen, yeah. yeah, but like, but like once you're on set and starting to roll, like, so you get safety meetings if you're lucky. Yeah, uh, the safety meetings are always hilarious. <laughs> this is a fake gun. It is not a real gun. It's fake. It's like, oh, good. So this is a car that will yeah, move. This car's gonna move forwards and backwards. <laughs> it has an ignition that starts a spark, and the gasoline is the fuel. It's uh, but it's the same thing. Training like at a bar. It's like this. This is a knife. This is yeah. a knife. It is Don't used for cutting it. limes yeah. and lemons. Don't throw it yeah. in the dirty water. And those of like, you, those of you listening who have never worked on a set or anything, safety meetings are just. I mean, you know how they say, like, there's like if you ever see a label for something stupid, it's because someone did that? Yeah. You know, like the caution hot on coffee things? It, yeah, that's what safety meetings are, is because if there's ever anything that somebody in the past has somehow hurt themselves with, you wind up having these, like, this is a rubber knife. It is not a real knife. Watch me try and stab myself. Everyone be careful. And you're like, good Lord. Good Lord. Um, in place of medication... I mean, how, how, how have you been treating yourself in those years in place of medication and in place of therapy? Like, you know, were you self-medicating? Were you doing oh, yeah. medication or anything? Me- like, medicinal marijuana, baby. Yeah, it's been helpful for you? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's just great. But, you know, like, it's like I started smoking pot recreationally. And then, you know, like, as it has become more easily accessible and now that I live in California, very readily available to me at any given time, like that is, that's, it's just, it's great. It's just knowing that like, if I'm like getting worked up, I can just, you know, take a hit and that'll calm me down. And I feel like that's what, what the same thing is like taking like a bite of a Zanny bar and just, you know, being like, okay. Zanny bar? Xanax, yeah, you don't call them Xanax. Never, never heard of Xanax. That's one that's like stacked. The it just stack. sounds like it's somebody stuck a bunch of Xanax in like a granola bar. Xanny bar. Um, well, that's so that's interesting because I mean, I, I'm curious, and I know that as I record more of these, I'm going to talk to more people about weed, but because my personal experience with weed is, you know, I smoked it for a while uh, recreationally and, and, you know, just fairly regularly, but I had to stop because it just was affecting me negatively. But I have a lot of friends who it affects positively, really helps them with their issues. So for you, I mean, 
do you ever notice any adverse effects, or is it is it purely do you, is it really no? Do you smoke different kinds? Like I know there's indica and sativa. Like do you have any? Yeah, I mean, for those of you listening, I'm doing the jerk off. She is because... doing the jerk off. <laughs> she rolled her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, I mean, I, I yeah, you're gonna get. There's different types of highs, like mm-hmm. the same as like you know if you do different some different dealers cocaine, like it's sure. a different shit but um but no i mean i typically i guess go for like the hybrids or the indicas because i like to just mellow out Um, so for you it's more of a relaxation it's definitely in in moments of anxiety yeah yeah but it's also like it's also have you ever smoked and gotten anxiety no see i think that's great i think that's that's, the thing is i've got friends that can do that and and that's and that's and that's what i and i've never experienced that and that's why it's it's interesting for me, like you know, speaking with other people, like they're like, oh, it just like makes me crazy, paranoid, and like super anxious, and like I get all crazy, and I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I'm like, is that okay? It's it's a because we're have different chemical makeups, like, and that's what mm-hmm. makes everyone a new unique, beautiful snowflake. But then it's also, but then it's also. I also think like I never gave a fuck if people knew I was stoned. You know, right. it was like if I if I got caught being high, like smoking pot, like oh well, like what's the worst gonna happen? I'm gonna get grounded. Okay, great. It's like, interesting. I mean, because yeah, for me, it, I mean, it wasn't even about that. There are times when I'd be like, you know, smoke pot with somebody I knew, and we were both smoking pot, and then I'd do, be doing brain surgery on myself all of a sudden, <laughs> like ah, but. I mean, that's great. I mean, there's certainly medicinal properties, and it works for a lot of people, and if it does work, great. Although, I think, and this is just to people at home, if, if people at home, people listening, if, you know, if you yeah. feel like, because I've got a lot of friends that did this, and I did this for a while. If it's not working, and you're recognizing it's not working, <laughs> and it's making you feel bad, it's okay to stop. <laughs> because I had this with a friend at a party the other day where she was, like, freaking out. And she was like, this happens every time. I'm like, it's okay to stop doing it. That's why I stopped. Yeah. You know, like, but if it works for you, it works for you. But don't trick yourself into thinking it works for you because it works for people like Carly and other people. Because yeah. some people, like you said, different chemical well, makers. Yeah, it's like, it's the same thing. I would rather, I would rather do that than, than meditate. And I know that is really beneficial for a lot of people, a lot of people just to do like the mantras and like the transcendental stuff and just... My therapist I, actually recommended it. Yeah, that. you know, I just I I can't get out of my head. Like I, it's a s- steel trap at this. That's point. That's what I said to him, and he was like, "That's exactly why you need to do this." So I'm gonna try and take a class at this place. He told me about. You gotta um, go to a class. He said, "Yeah, go to this place called the Den in Hollywood. Forty dollars is." for a month of unlimited classes and mindfulness and shit. He said, like, that's exactly, like, it, it's for people with anxiety, it's the best. I'm skeptical, but he's like, perfect, go do it. Dude. So, yeah. doctor's orders, I'm going to give it a shot. All right. I, I, as I said to the person I recorded with yesterday, I was going to do it yesterday, but then I didn't. Well, and that's the thing, that's the thing, too, like, you know, that you have to, you have to keep trying to, do stuff like this well, yeah, is like not, you said you, this you never, got to your 30th like, birthday yeah. and you're like well i'm not gonna do the same shit for the past 10 yeah, years yeah and it's not like this shit is gonna go away anytime soon so it's just a matter of how you deal with it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like and and that's the thing i think you know it's like where unfortunately you know a lot of people do like lose because they they stop trying you know like they stop trying to feel better get better you know like you're never gonna get better but like yeah yeah, well they just you know feel like they've exhausted 
Maybe. And also, too, it's like maybe they haven't because fucking the hardest thing with my depression is lack of motivation. Like, Yeah, it's a big thing. You know, and that's what and that's why it goes back to like, oh, just go out and exercise. It's like, well, I would do that. But sitting but here and iPhone, feeling sorry for myself takes less. But my energy. iPhone has a toilet now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it, the big thing for me is uh, my latest depressive episode was like it doesn't matter what spurred it. Like I could go into what like triggered it, but yeah. that never matters because what triggers it is always something different. But I, 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 it was over Labor Day weekend, and I was just like depressed at the fact that I'm depressed and I'm always going to be depressed, mm-hmm. which is a, a total mindfuck. And anyone listening that doesn't have mental health issues will have trouble understanding what that means. But basically what it was is like, you know, when when you have a mental illness like depression or bipolar anxiety, it's almost, I, I can't speak to this sincerely because I haven't had a terminal illness, but it's like being diagnosed with a terminal thing in the sense that you've got this forever. And as my therapist says, forever is a long time. But the thing is, it's the idea of like, I got depressed at the fact that I'm depressed right now because of some stupid thing. And I know that I'm always going to have this. I know that I'm not always going to be depressed. I know that I'm going to feel better in a few days. Right. But I know that in like a month or a year, I'm going to come back to this place. And the thing is, is yes, that's true. I can't argue with that. But I did get better in a day, a few days. I I started to feel better. My meds changed and I'm doing okay. And and it's that idea of pushing forward. But it, it is debilitating. It's tough in those moments. It's yeah. really hard. But recognizing that it's going to go away, and it, but it will be there, is also very therapeutic. You know, it's like knowing that, you know, the, the, I mean, some people get really existentially crazy when they realize, they look at the stars and realize how small the Earth is in comparison to the universe. But, like, it's also kind of comforting, right? Because it's yeah. like, who cares? We're here. You know, so yeah, you can get terrified of it for a minute, but then it's kind of your existence, so carry on. Yeah. Well, keep that, yeah, like that's, I think, a lot of people have to like recognize is like it's okay to have these moments, like just to have these, you know, disorders. And, and it's, you know, it sucks. Yeah. Like, it totally it sucks. Oh, it sucks. Nobody should have to fucking feel like shit for no reason. Oh, it's the worst. But but <laughs> but you're you know like half like I'm I can't imagine like what the projected like how many like people are undiagnosed and not in talking therapy. about oh, it. Sorry, no, that's fine. Um, not talking about it. Not going through help. Yeah, not getting help. Like just you know I can't imagine. But um, yeah, just there's a million everyone you just gotta find what works best for you for me right now it's like weed going back to therapy you know yeah and like and going out and doing things that make you happy you know so what's been most helpful to you in your whole struggle with all this i think just finally you know getting to that point of the recognition like this is what it is and i don't want to call it quits you know Mm -hmm. so like let's figure this out and also I think definitely like the people I love you know other like knowing that like yes this this affects my you know my mental illness affects me most but it you know it has a ripple effect and yeah and if something were to happen to me or I were to do something to myself it would devastate a lot of people sure and also like you also, it's like, that's a very, like, that's a very 
far you know yeah of course end of the spectrum but then it's also like day-to-day stuff it's like it's like don't be you know don't be a dick to the people you love because you know at the end of the day like you know it's like it's like don't you know don't take advantage of the fact that these people love you and accept you for for what you have and like you know are patient you know don't take that for granted and Mm. Just try not to be a dick to recognize, your friends. Recognize your place. When it's the, the most world. easy, because they're the worst. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I, we're going to start to wrap things up. So I got a few quick questions. Okay. Uh, just whatever pops in your head. What's the best advice you've ever had, like been given? I don't. It I can mean, be anything. I know. Like. I'm like searching because I know I've gotten some good nuggets. I've known some smart people. Um, yeah, here and there. I think it was honestly like a a teacher in high school uh it's it sounds so lame but like in, in the fundamental of what he was like was just like be yourself and like don't don't lower yourself for other people right yeah like just advice. you know it was basically like don't don't think you have to change because you're because something's not working out with another person i don't know it was basically yeah. like he was like he was like stop dumbing yourself down for dudes that's good that's good what's the worst <laughs> advice you've ever been given be happy yeah. follow your bliss that's ugh. hashtag follow your bliss <laughs> hashtag kill yourself oh, like, <laughs> uh, hashtag don't do that uh <laughs> do you think that everyone in the entertainment industry is crazy to some degree yeah yeah okay absolutely uh what advice do you have for other people would you say it's, it echoes what your teacher had said um, like for other no, people, like I think there's a lot of terrible people, so don't be yourself, be someone else. But um, <laughs> but no, uh, I I think my advice for what do you mean, like other well, people, for, for other people going through, you know, you know, with bipolar disorder, going through any depression, and, and also people trying to get in this industry, just just keep trying to feel better and keep seeking out whatever option that will do. And it, and if it's eating ice cream for breakfast every goddamn day, then fucking do it. <laughs> Uh, I might disagree with that, but hey, go for it. Uh, hashtag live your truth. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think we can do to fix the conversation and, and, and everything about mental health in this? I think just world to keep having conversations about it and having like you know get rid of the stigmas. You know, it's like it's like if we're talking about politics and bars, we might as well be talking about like mental health. Yeah, like why and and you know. It's it's obviously something that needs to be looked at because, unfortunately, massive tragedies have taken place because of people not getting taken getting care out. of. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that somber, Carly, it's been a blast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It's been really nice. Thank you for having me. All right. My thanks to Carly Campbell. That's episode four in the bank. Uh, if you'd like to email us any questions at all, it's all in your head podcast at gmail.com. Uh, find me on Twitter, in your head pod. Also, Instagram for some reason is it's all in your head podcast. I still don't know why I have Instagram. Uh, but that's where we have photos of the guests. If you want to put a face to the name, they're all there. I uh, was I, I, I'm really happy with that episode. I think it's a very important one to have done, and I'm glad. Uh, to have been able to put it out there, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Next week on the podcast, uh, Justin Kaffir. Uh, he is a writer uh, of the, um, poli- uh, not political, I don't know why I said political, a writer of the journalistic variety 
uh, just like I am a speaker of the English variety. Uh, Justin writes for Vice and Complex, and he's done a lot of interesting pieces. We actually met when he was my Lyft driver. For those of you that don't know what Lyft is, it's like Uber. But yeah, we met years ago and uh, stayed in touch, and he, he's, he's really great, very smart, and he's had a very interesting experience. So uh, that's next week's episode. I think it's uh, a good one. I think you're going to like it. Uh, Mondays, 10.30 a.m., that's when I see my therapist. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It's all in your head. It's all in your head.